and we're back. Welcome, guys. It's episode nine of the Zero Oscars Ooh. podcast. Uh, I'm John. I'm Kyla. I'm Eli. And with us is our most specialist guest, Rachel Langley. Rachel, thank you for being here. Uh, it's an honor to have you on the program. Thanks. Uh, calling in from your your telecommunication room in uh, your Antarctic mansion. So we appreciate making that time and making that space. Um, and we are here to talk about uh, our ninth film, Bolero, which we all watched and uh, we'll get into discussing it now. That is right. That is right, right? We are watching, isn't that the movie we're watching? Yeah, that, that was the plan. What, what happened? What, what changed? Because I'm looking at the feed, and this says it's the slugger's wife. <laughs> well, you see, we looked at the IMDb page for it and saw that in this very erotic movie, one of the main actresses was 14 at the time. So we decided, let's not watch that well spe- I, specifically i think she was 13 but she was playing a 14 year old yeah but there's like a that. scene that involves her being naked uh and we I were like it was multiple according yeah, to and we were like what if we didn't watch that uh uh because it was originally supposed to be rated x but it ended up being released unrated it's a whole thing uh we no, we're not going to do that so anyways we moved on we moved on to the slugger's wife which we'll get to in a minute but before we do that let's have a little bit of a palate cleanser um, how's everyone been doing? What have you been watching? You know, that's not The Slugger's Wife or Bolero. Well, at the time this is being released, baseball season just began. <laughs> so I've been watching baseball, which really fit in well with The Slugger's Wife. Hmm. That's which, about it. Which one made you more excited for the other? Well, I watched The Slugger's Wife after the first two games, so I think baseball made me more excited Mm -hmm. to watch, especially after my team lost their first game, and I'm like, they made a movie. They have to be good in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't super been watching anything. I don't know. I tried to read Dune a couple times. Mm. Didn't really work out. So. Like you just kept reading the same page and just yeah, I, like, I I've started it like twice and I'd get like four or five pages in, mm. and then I'd put it down and I would forget what happened. <laughs> so I started watching Community. Yes. There you go. So that's pretty much it. But how how far in are you? Uh, a handful of episodes okay gotcha are there so so you haven't seen the show before i've seen like one or two episodes but i haven't like watched it before okay so well that kind of gives you a a cool fresh perspective so do you have any sort of anticipations or any thoughts about like where you think things are gonna go uh i don't know i am a big abed fan Okay. That's all that I'm really sure of <laughs> for any character. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> that's all we're, it, all of us are sure of. The only thing in real that's life. That's so true. Is that we're all like, fans. I don't know. I go back and forth on them. That's that's very fair. A, a strong show. I feel like that's been, a, that's been sort of a through line 
throughout the show. There's been a lot of people that have yeah. been watching that. Um, as for myself, uh, I went to a, a drive-in the other day to, so I could maintain distance. And I saw a little double feature, two films, two Oscar winning films, Shrek and Jaws. <laughs> A pairing so perfect <laughs> that definitely half of the group did not leave after one was done. Um, I had seen Shrek before, but I had not seen Jaws. And might I say, I'm very impressed with Shrek. Um, <laughs> no, um, I do. I do like the film though, but uh, I really, really liked Jaws. I had not seen it before. Um, it feels very of this time. It's aged very well. Mm -hmm. um for good or ill uh so um it feels very political <laughs> in a way that i mm -hmm. can't imagine they had tot i mean i don't totally know what was going on when they made this or what inspired it but uh it feels more political now than it probably did when it first came out mm -hmm. because it, it's an extensive sequence of uh hey we're having an an uh, basically a, an epidemic with these shark attacks. You know, we got to do something about this. We got to close the beaches. And the mayor's like, we won't close the beaches. Um, and they're like, but you really got to do it. We have this expert here and he's saying, you didn't catch the shark. It's going to kill more people. And he's like, we're not going to close the beaches. Everything is fine. Uh, if we stopped looking for the shark, <laughs> we wouldn't find it. Um, <laughs> so it, it feels a little on the nose, mm -hmm. um, but it was, it was, very very good so I, I look forward to watching uh the sequels i know we're watching one of them we will oh, yeah. be in i think a few weeks uh, yeah. i think we're relatively close yeah we're pretty close to it um so i'm excited about that um but yeah that's that's what i've that's what i've seen <laughs> since uh, our last excursion um but yeah so so that's what's been that's what's been going on when you're as married to your career as debbie and daryl the last thing you do is say, I do. I mean, some days he comes home without getting a base hit. I think maybe I did something wrong. I mean, some days I feel like I want to hit on my own. From Neil Simon comes a comedy for everyone married to a career, as well as each other. The Slugger's Wife, rated PG-13. Now playing Czech newspapers for theaters. So we can go ahead and move ourselves on over to the time summaries, the favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of the uh, of the Zero Oscars podcast, I believe Eli, you get the coveted twenty second slot where you get to yes. summarize uh, the Slugger's Wife. So let me go ahead and pull up that timer and uh, let me know. You, you ready for me to count you in? Uh, sure. All I don't right. know what I'm going to talk about for twenty seconds. <laughs> well, I look the forward to. Wife, yeah, yeah. I, the movie would be a good place to start. Okay, good idea. All right, all right. Three, two. One, go. Daryl Palmer is a baseball player for the Atlanta Braves who really sucks, but he is very insistent with this woman, uh, kind of like in Staying Alive, uh, Tony Rigatoni. Uh, so they get married. Uh, then she's like his good luck charm, but she wants to sing and they divorce. That You, you said so much for saying so little. <laughs> Movie. <laughs> that's that's very fair it's it's a good evidence of how there's so much nothing yeah. in this movie yet also so much <laughs> all right so 
I believe I have a 15 second slot. So uh, I'll count myself in three, two, one. So there's this guy and he's insane and he plays baseball because he's insane. Anyways, he goes to a nightclub. He sees a woman. I like the way her voice looks when she sings. He obsessively <laughs> follows this woman forever, totals her car. He then get, he marries her and then she runs away and he gets really sad and breaks a chair. How important details that I'm <laughs> it's, it's the same old trap. We all fall into it. You know, you see it ahead of you. You're like, surely I'll get farther, but you know, you can only do so much. All right, uh, Kylan with a 10 second. Are you ready for me yeah. to count you in? Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, and go. Struggling right fielder for the Atlanta Braves ends up marrying a singer. So he's very happy. He starts going yickety every game, chases Roger Maris's record of home runs in a single season, breaks it. And the Braves definitely win every game. They don't lose. They never lose. <laughs> <laughs> the movie would never upset me. <laughs> and with the coveted five-second slot, Rachel, are you ready to summarize the heart of the Slugger's wife? <laughs> sure. All right. Three, two, one, go. Um, everyone is terrible and unattractive, and there's some baseball. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> I love, half of what you got out of it was that everyone was ugly. They <laughs> didn't make our parents like they used to. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Those, those were some good summaries, guys. Um, Kyla, I believe you're going to lead the charge. I'm breaking yeah, yeah. it down a little bit more in detail what exactly what happened in the slugger's wife. So, opens up. We're in a, a club. You know, you see some baseball players. And it's like going back and forth between Daryl Palmer, right fielder for the Atlanta Braves. He He's, you know, playing baseball, you know, cut in with this woman singing this song. And he's struggling. He's hitting 239 at this point mm. in the season, which could be better. His average could be higher. But also, he could also be given value on homers. We don't really know at this point how he's doing <laughs> overall. They did not give the added context to run the saber metrics. We need to stat break. <laughs> is is a so I know nothing about baseball statistics. Yeah. Is it is it 239 that he's hitting it like 23 percent of the time? Yeah. So okay, that's it's like how it's like point two. Two, yeah. three, nine out of one? Yeah. Okay. So if he's hitting homers most of the time, that's still giving value, but mm -hmm. we don't have the advanced statistics that I need. But it's so true. You know, we do know then, he only hit 17 home runs the previous season. Yes. So if that gives you anything to work with. Which makes me think, based on the later results of the movie, it wasn't just because he wasn't hitting more homers because he fell in love. Dude was probably juicing. That's my <laughs> assumption. Is that the the unseen subplot? Yeah, yeah. You don't go from seventeen homers to sixty-two in a season. You do if you're horny. <laughs> but you know, he sees this woman singing. He's there with his uh, his teammates. He falls in love immediately. Goes, tries to ask her out. He strikes out. And then there's a long montage of him figuratively striking out with her cut with mm. him literally striking out in games it's, i found it to be a a beautiful juxtaposition <laughs> it's also we, we have a nice overlap with eli already brought it up a nice overlap with staying alive 
in that the there's the same motif of I'm yep. going to follow a woman to her mm-hmm. dressing room slash green room where I'm going to just assail her with words until she goes out with me and then she turns me down. But it doesn't yeah. matter because we persist. We're eventually, men. They we won't like, take no for an answer. <laughs> eventually he like wrecked her car in a parking lot or something. That was really funny. <laughs> that was insane. It was insane. <laughs> it was it was very funny, but like because it, he basically he what he cuts in really quickly into a parking lot, but he's like in the wrong side of the parking mm-hmm. lot. So she swerves and smashes into a car reasonably, you know. Uh, and then he he's like, "I'll he goes, fix it. I'll send you a limo." <laughs> Go on. He gets into. He's like, "I'll fix everything." And he gets into her car and backs it up into another car. And he's like, it's going to be no problem. While tearing off the fender of the car that he first hit. Yeah. Uh, some innocent man. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big oof. Mm. But, you know, then later on at the club, she's singing. And, like, the club owner gets up there and he's talking about him saying, hey, we need you to do good in this next game. Hit some home runs you know, help us start winning because Braves are struggling at this point. Mm-hmm. And he makes a, uh, a proposition. If he hits two homers in the next game, she'll go on a date with him. To which she's like, he's not going to hit two homers. It's, it's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. she agrees. Mm-hmm. Cut to the game. He does it. <laughs> he hits. He goes yard twice. And she's excited because obviously she's a Braves fan. She's a, a good person, and <laughs> she's a she's a loyal Atlanta citizen. Yeah, yeah. You know, despite all else, <laughs> she knows that she has to be committed to the team. Yeah. So she goes on the date with him. He's very weird. There's this entire scene of him saying, "Your chicken's too dry. Hand it back." And she's like, "It's not chicken. It's duck." And he's like, "Oh, well, it's too dry. Hand it back." And then he spills water on it because it's too dry. It's a really weird scene. But it is really weird. Yeah. 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 But she ends up liking it and liking him. So they get together. He's keeps doing good in baseball because he's in love. Juicing. Yeah, yeah. He's juicing. He's, he's juicing on love. Yeah, yeah. So they finally get married. It's, not, the, it's not finally. It's super quick. Well, yeah, yeah. The manager really wanted them to get married. Basically, the manager's, yeah, the manager is yeah. pulling all the strings. But basically, I feel like this was my what I recall from every scene where they were together, which was just that he's aggressively pursuing her in all aspects to go mm-hmm. really fast. And she's like, what? No. And he goes, but do it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Truly the things relationships are built on. Oh, yeah. Like when he, the, the proposal scene where she's just like, I've got to sing. And he's like, do you love me though? And he keeps repeating, do you love me? And it's like, that's not how you propose to someone that's a separate question yeah (laughs) she has a she wants a career which you can't want that that why weird we can't have this (laughs) it's gotta go (laughs) (laughs) but yeah they get married and she ends up you know traveling with well first she goes to uh sing in boston and he's in la Instead of going straight back to Atlanta oh, yeah. from L.A., he goes to Boston to see her, and she's like, you can't do this. I need space. And he's like, no. So she <laughs> quits singing for a while to travel with the team, 
and after a while she has like no space and she's like i want to go singing and he's like okay and is like really upset about it you know giving her the cold shoulder so she eventually leaves in the middle of the game being like i he's smothering me this is bad i gotta go so he starts again striking out a lot and playing bad I, I and I like that it's it's very aggressive. So it's not like she leaves him and then he starts playing bad. It's literally she gets up. She could be going to the bathroom. Yeah. She could be going to take a phone call. She could just be going to run errands. He literally just he looks from the from home plate as he's about to bat. He sees that she stands up and instantly he no longer remembers how to swing a bat because he, he just holds like still. Ball he just holds something. yeah, he hits a ground ball and then he gets what, like just three strikes and he yeah. doesn't even realize that he struck out. He's just like <gasps> he's so confused about the rules of baseball suddenly because he's like, This isn't what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. Um, well obviously you you can't play a game if uh, you're sad. Yeah. You, you well, forget everything about it. It's as if he <laughs> – it's like he doesn't remember that he played baseball before this. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I need her here. I can't play good. Mm-hmm. But that happens. I'm trying to remember. After that, he hits really poorly for a while. And the manager turns to uh, Cousin Eddie from National Lampoons and another player – and is like, hey, go get him late. So they try to. And he's like, but I, this is the house where I've been with Debbie, which is his uh, wife. So he can't. They end up, you know, leaving defeated. The manager's like, I got one more gambit. One more <laughs> thing we can do. This, it really is the story. The, the manager is sort of the best part of this movie because yeah, yeah. he just has a series of conniving schemes to do whatever it takes. I like it because it's like there's no focus on the game. He's entirely invested in the mental psychological battle of baseball. And he's like, I got to do whatever it takes to get my players in tip top shape. It's not enough to just be like, hey, get your stuff in order. He's like, I'm going to find a solution. I'm going to fix his love life. So he goes to, well, before this, in batting practice. And I don't know how this happens in batting practice. He gets hit in the head with a pitch. Batting I don't know about that too. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to, like, softly throw it over the plate. He gets full on hitting the head. And it's like, I don't get how that mistake happens. Well, he's he's in the hospital, and he was wearing a helmet when he got hit. Yeah. Well, he can still I, hit, like... No, no, yeah. no, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> just, I guess it means that person really had to be... Yeah. ...that ball. They must have had it out for him, because that's not even an error on his part, right? Like, yeah, he's not, he's not there to dodge baseballs. He's there to hit them. <laughs> and if someone just throws it right at his head, there's not really that much he can do. That person knew he was juicy. <laughs> so, oh, so is there like an unseen subplot where yeah, someone yeah. on the team is aware that he's juicing? And so mm-hmm. the pitcher is trying to take him out, out the of the game because he wants knows. to win legit. <laughs> the pitching coach is a man of moral... Uh, you know, morally outstanding man. So he's mm-hmm. like, we can't have this cheating going on. But he's in the hospital. He's got sort of a concussion, double vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the manager goes to this other singer at the club and is like, hey, he can't tell that you're, you know, you. You need to go back to his room and play like you're Debbie and tell him you're going to come back after the season. So she does it. She leaves. She's like, 
that's a horrible thing that I just did. You're a horrible person, man. We should yeah. we should get more specific on this plan, though. I think because this is sort of the <laughs> the the solution is wild because they just pick a woman and he's like, if you squint, she sort of looks like Debbie. And Moose <laughs> so goes, just, if you squint, she looks like anyone. <laughs> which I thought but, was a good line. So their solution is they're like, um, uh, well, I don't know what the the analogy would be, but. It, they basically they bring her in and they backlight her in the hospital room and have her sit at a distance and he goes why can't she get any closer and they go well she has laryngitis and she might be contagious which is also why her voice sounds different and it's also why she can't touch you um so she's like she's like in the witness protection program like <laughs> speaking like it's it's me debbie uh i'm here <laughs> which is a wild plan that works uh, Rachel, I do have a question. When you saw this plan, how would you rate this plan? Do you think this was a good idea on their part? Um, no, that's like a like a zero out of ten plan. <laughs> what do you think the improvement plan? Like, what should they have done instead? I mean, they could have just not done anything and <laughs> left him alone. This is so like really, an action would have done much of the legwork <laughs> as misaction. <laughs> We also skipped, I forgot, about the whole chair throwing. Oh, scene. yeah, that is a really important part. Yeah, yeah because yeah. she she goes, she travels somewhere. Yeah, Was she's like, in Kansas? Do I, I think so. that correctly? Yeah, because she's traveling everywhere singing, going on tour, because she's going to mm -hmm. make an album. Yeah. And she's at like a coffee shop, and he, he finds where she is. He walks in, and he just sits down quietly being this, creepy this is after he's been told that she won't speak to him yeah and she specifically asked him not to come after her yeah so her uh friend the guitarist i think walks up and is like hey you need to stop and he's like can you just give debbie a message for me and then he hits the guy he just punches the guy right in the face you know yeah. like a crazy person <laughs> and then he starts saying i need 10 more homers to break you know roger maris's record so he picks up a chair throws it at the woman and goes one Picks another one, throws it out too, and he does this through like tables. through windows in the yeah, diner. Yeah. yeah. So he just starts throwing stuff everywhere, counting to ten. That that scene almost feels like he realizes he's trapped in the movie, and he's aware of the rules that he can only hit a home run if she's there, <laughs> because it just genuinely seems like he's trapped in this. Like, I want to get out of this situation. Please let the credits roll. Come back with me so I can hit these ten homers. <laughs> because it it is just like he was already like. He was obviously very weird and like uh, over, like overprotective and like smothering and all this stuff. But he like full on goes like insane domestic abuser, like throwing chairs through windows, like smashing plates and like flipping over tables. And he still played like the hero of this movie. <laughs> he's a hero because he's breaking Maris's record, John. It's so true. We got that's do all that matters. Whatever it takes. But yeah, so. That happened earlier, and then after that's when they tried to get him, like, laid, and then the whole scheme with the other singer. Mm -hmm. So that scheme worked, so he starts hitting homers again, and that singer calls Deb and is like, hey, I need to tell you I did this because it's terrible. And as she's telling her this, he hits another homer, and the singer's like, wow, I must be a great actor for this to happen. And Deb goes, I'm not mad at you. I probably would have done the same thing. It's working. <laughs> Which I felt was pretty weird. That is weird. Um, and the manager, as he gets home, says, I'm smart. I'm smart repeatedly. And the dugout says, 
I'm a bad person, but I'm pretty smart. He said, I may be rotten, but I'm pretty yeah, smart. Yeah. I also like that he's, he went, when they come up with the plan to make the Deb, the Debbie look alike, he goes, if this works, I should run for mayor of Atlanta because I'm so smart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he ends up hitting the homers, gets down one game left. He's one away. And before the game, Debbie is in, like, his house again. And he's like, whoa, you came back. And they talk for a minute. And he's no longer possessive because he learned his lesson. I don't know what really changed with his emotional state, but something did. So, you know, he's like, don't come to the game. I need to do this on my own. As if she's still a good luck charmer. Mm-hmm. She's he she still would affect it. So, you know, he goes to the game. I think she's there, but he didn't like leave a ticket for her. So she showed up anyway, but he doesn't know. He hits the homer, breaks the record. And this is for the pennant. So if they win this, they win the National League West pennant. Because for whatever reason, the Braves were in the National League West in the eighties. Which was stupid. <laughs> One of the easternmost teams was in the Western Division with the teams in California and the Astros. It just makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So they're playing the Astros. West of somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And gets down. They're down by one in the ninth. Uh, one of his friends who hits in front of him gets a hit. Randy Quaid. Not Randy Quaid yet. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, um, yeah, the other guy. Oh, right. So, you know, Daryl comes up. He gets a hit. So first and third, two outs. Randy Quaid comes up. He's already told Daryl, this is my last game or last season. I'm retiring after this. He hits one deep center field. Looks like it might be a homer. The center fielder jumps up, catches it the last second. Crazy play. Braves lose. Uh, Very unrealistic. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) It's unrealistic because the Braves lost. It's unrealistic because the Braves got in a situation where losing would be a bad thing. Um, no, nah, it's very realistic. They break, they break me every year. But um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, Astros won it. So in the back, they're all sad, of course, because Vettis lost. Yeah. Uh, Daryl goes and talks to the manager, and he's like, "I'm actually kind of happy because I broke the record. Does that make me selfish?" And the manager goes, "Yeah, <laughs> but you're yeah. <laughs> we're all people, so it's cool." He's not mad at the manager for some reason when he knows that the manager did made that lie because he found out. So he should have been a lot more mad than like, hey, you're a crap person for that. But he seems to be thankful for it, kind of, because he hit more homers. Um, what it's all about. Yeah. Then he sees Deb again outside of the uh, the locker room. They talk for a minute. They're like, we don't know if we'll ever get back together but maybe in the future he gives well, her the it's not call. even it's not even just that it's be, it's that suddenly the the tables have flipped and now she's pursuing him for yeah. no, like nothing has changed like there's no reason for it but she's just like uh you know i can't stay mad at you i'm desperately in love with you you will there ever be a place where i can get back in your life and he's like maybe uh he's which like, is i'll leave the door open <laughs> insane on many levels um you know, then she leaves, and he walks out playing yeah. with his dog. 
Yeah, he goes he goes home to hit another Homer. This case, yeah, yeah. his dog named Homer <laughs> for Homer. <laughs> he hits the dog sixty two times in celebration. He's like Roger Maris only hit his dog sixty one times. <laughs> That dog, I mean, that dog sort of knew he was in for it because yeah. either he was going to write great Greek tragedies or he was going to get it 62 <laughs> times in order to beat, beat Roger uh, Maris's record. Crazy thing is, that dog was eventually in the uh, Airbud movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he Wait. also, he, that dog inspired um, a long-running TV show um, because he, the character of Homer Simpson was actually based off of that dog. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I looked it up online. <laughs> Don't ask me to cite sources, um, but yeah, <laughs> I think that's I think that's about everything yeah. in the Slugger's Wife, uh, loosely told. <sighs> Gosh, I gotta say this is this is the first one where I'm like, this is a bad movie. Um, yeah, this this one i this is the stuff i was hoping for i'm like yes now this is the this is the kind of movie that we should be watching um because it is just like the right level of insane mm-hmm. it, it makes no sense um i think this movie had pretty bad pacing issues mm-hmm. uh, i feel like they could have ended it after an hour like yeah. the oh, last yeah. 40 minutes i feel really drag with the all the manager shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Don't I enjoy the manager shenanigans. The manager's the best part. But the, the one thing it has, which I've noticed a lot of other movies we watched have this problem where they're padding time, but they add a lot of musical number, like mm-hmm. montages, but it's like the same one over and over again. So in this one, it, we, we have, it feels like maybe 15 or 20 minutes, which is just, um, uh, um, just, just her singing the same song mm. over again, interlaced with him doing something baseball related, and it's just like I get it, you know, like they play baseball and they sing, um, so it's just it was stupid. Um, but real, do we want to jump in and do our trivia? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Now that we're here, uh, I, Kylan, I believe you have two questions and I have two I questions. Do. Um, you wanna? I go first. You go second. Then yeah, yeah. I think that's perfect. So, what other movie did the cinematographer for The Slugger's Wife receive an Oscar nomination for? A, Unforgiven. B, Braveheart. C, The Passion of the Christ. (laughs) D, Gladiator. Or E, The Godfather Part 3. His name, by the way, was Caleb Deschanel. Related to Zoe? Of course. Mm -hmm. So quirky. (laughs) Um, I feel like we've had Godfather 3 come up before in a trivia for something else. I don't know if it had to do with cinematography, but I'm going to... It did not. It had to do with Sylvester Stallone and John That's right. I'm going to say Passion of the Christ, because that movie also has wood in it. (laughs) He hit a homer for our sins. Some carry crosses, some carry bats, you know? Mm. Rachel? Uh, I've only seen one of those movies, and I forgot what most of them were already. So, whatever C was. You both are correct. It was Passion of the Christ. Yes. What a wild overlap. I was looking at it, and I was like, 
same guy. That's mm-hmm. that's two very different movies. So you better with one of them. Slugger's yeah. yeah, Wife. The Slugger's Wife <laughs> was really where he shined. Yeah, the cinematography. Um, <laughs> you know, Mary was kind of a Slugger's Wife. Mm-hmm. If because I can only assume that Joseph as a carpenter was making a lot of baseball bats. Yeah. <laughs> he said, he said, deal Simon's going to want these pretty soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think the Roman soldiers did with their free time? <laughs> they played football against Jesus and the 12 disciples, I think. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of things that, uh, speaking of involvement by cast and crew and other, some would say better in air quotes, productions or features, mm-hmm. Uh, Neil Simon is credited to, for writing the uh, the script for this movie. He is a uh, rather accomplished uh, writer, playwright, uh, screenwriter. So, uh, which of these which of these uh, plays uh, was also written by the writer of The Slugger's Wife? Was it a The Odd Couple? B, Annie, C, Equus, or D, P.S. Your cat is dead. Which I think it's just a fun title. Um, I don't think it's Equus. Uh, but imagine if it was. I don't want to imagine Equus. How do you know um, it's not? <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like I don't know the person's name, but I'm pretty sure it's not this person. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe, yeah, Mr. Right Horns, as we all know. Um, P.S. What was, what was it? P.S. Your cat it's is called dead. P.S. Your cat is dead. That's great. Um, I'm gonna go with Odd Couple. All right. And what about you, Rachel? Uh, I'm gonna go with Annie because, again, that's the only one I've seen. That's fair. <laughs> uh, Eli, you were correct. Yes. It was the Odd Couple. Uh, he actually did, he had a number of really successful uh, Broadway musicals in the 1970s. He I went on a list of Tonys. yeah he 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 Dang. knew a lot of rigatonis. Um, he's seen Staying Alive many times. <laughs> uh, Kylan, why don't you hit us hit us with that third question? Okay, which one of these is a true fact? <laughs> a, the original name for Daryl Palmer had to be changed because it was too similar to a current Braves player at the time. Or B, the production team was evicted from Atlanta Fulton County Stadium for repeatedly defacing home plate and destroying the infield. (laughs) I really want B to be true, um, but I'm gonna say A. I'm also gonna say A because B sounds like something you would have made up. (laughs) <laughs> no, John made it up. <laughs> it was A. I didn't make up this destroying the infield part. Yeah, you made up only a home plate, yeah. which is reasonable. It was, it was, a, it was, it was a, a single PA. <laughs> but uh, so, originally, Daryl Palmer was going to be named Daryl Murphy, wear number three, and be an outfielder. At the same time, the Atlanta Braves had a player who wore number three, who was an outfielder named Dale Murphy. Ah. Uh. And his agent asked, hey, can you get them to change the name? So I don't look like this serial abuser? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As of t- 2019, Del Murphy 
has not seen this film. <laughs> <laughs> I would really like if they if they made this movie because they had a grudge against Dale Murphy and they wanted to present him as an insane abuser. <laughs> no, but he was good. I want to see a live stream on Fox Sports of Dale Murphy watching this movie. We should have invited Dale Murphy on to the show. Gosh. I do follow him on Twitter. Oh, does he follow you back? No. Dang. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll get him soon. Um <laughs> We do need to start inviting uh, cast and crew members or just people that are adjacent in some very vague way. I am um, followed by an MLB player. Oh? He's a pitcher who follows like 300,000 people, but I'm one of them. Hey, that's all it takes. You deep slide to those DMs and go, hey, yeah, we've yeah. been friends for years. <laughs> you followed me since that one time you played for the Braves. <laughs> all right. So let's see you got a Braves connection. There you go. Yeah. Uh, do you think that they're required to watch this as incoming Braves players in order to understand imagine. what the lifestyle is like? I can only imagine when they draft you and they give you, you know, the first round pick, they have like the little jersey that the, you know, commissioner gives them. I assume inside that is a copy of the Slayer's wife. Mm. <laughs> I wonder if, if uh, new Atlanta Braves players show this movie to their wives or girlfriends to explain why they have to come to every game. <laughs> it's like, see, this yeah. is true. I don't want you to get beaten up. <laughs> I want you to come to the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for our last trivia, um, there, there was a... In the world of tie-ins, you got to do what you got to do to promote your movie. And sometimes that means taking whatever opportunity that you can get. So which one of these uh, following options is a real brand tie-in that was done to promote the movie, The Slugger's Wife? All right. Is it A, a line of Happy Meals toys in which uh, you can collect, among others, a miniature Daryl holding an overturned chair, presumably to throw through a window? Is it B, a trading card which makes out Daryl to be an actual real member of the Atlanta Braves players, as if to try to trick your younger cousin into believing that this is reality? Is it C, a brief TV tie-in featuring, among other things, the Goodyear blimp? Or is it D, a promotional album featuring the music of Atlanta, which includes, among other performances, uh, a performance by a young Andre 3000? <laughs> So, uh, what do you guys think? I have to say D. I'm going to say B. So, D for the music and B for the trading cards? All right. Well, Eli, you have broken your streak because, Rachel, you are correct. It is the trading uh, cards. <laughs> uh, for context... For context, Andre the G Andre 3000, I want to say Andre the Giant, but that's not the same <laughs> person. Andre 3000 was 10 when the movie was released. Uh -huh. um, so he would have had to have been like seven or eight <laughs> if he was doing a performance, but I really <laughs> like the idea that he was. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just mostly really want a small uh, McDonald's miniature figurine of Daryl holding an upturned chair to throw <laughs> through a Kansas diner. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, uh, call back in just a minute and we can do our our quick changes, our sequel pitches, our superlatives, and then finally our ratings. So you guys can use the same uh, information. It should be the same, same call info. Sweet. All right, so I'll see you in just a second. All right, and we're back. So 
at this point, you know, we've seen the movie The Slugger's Wife. <laughs> and it is, of course, near flawless. But if you guys had the opportunity to make one change to the movie The Slugger's Life, mm-hmm. to take it in a different direction, to subtly improve, uh, anything in between, what would you do? Do you guys have any any changes that you think would make it a better or at least a more interesting film? The Braves win the World Series. <laughs> well, oh. Rachel. We no. lost her. She Alexed. No. <laughs> Speaking of, if you know where Alex is, please let him know that we're still looking for him. <laughs> oh God, where'd he go? I could only assume he stepped out to watch the <laughs> to to come back to the podcast and he's just forgotten. Hold on, I'll I'll get her back. All right, yeah, yeah. here she is. Oh, okay, cool. We can heckle her. Yeah, heckle her, heckle her. While she's reconnecting, John, what is your change? Oh, my change? Okay. So there's a moment. There's a moment that really stood out to me. And I, I think this is the Flashpoint crux moment that from which I would twist the narrative ever so slightly uh, and uh, sorry I was just seeing if she was able to connect there we go yeah there you go perfect sorry. no you're totally good um, so I was just telling them that there was a there was a, a particular moment a catalyst um, within this film that I could see an alternate future where you just su- make a subtle change and it completely changes the shape of the movie I would say for the better so we're in the hospital and we've just brought in the Debbie lookalike she sat in the dark backlit Daryl's convinced it's her that's that's my wife she just I can't see her face and she has laryngitis and her voice sounds different and I can't touch her and she's far away um and he's convinced because he plays baseball um that was kind of mean uh but so she steps out she goes out into the hall the manager follows her. Um, he has his two two friends who are the also, I think, baseball players on that team. Uh, and the woman is really upset because she was told, she was first was just told that like, hey, you're going to come help cheer him up. And they basically sprung this on her last minute while she was already coming there that she should pretend to be Debbie. Um, so she's upset and she goes, she goes, I'm going to tell somebody like, you're not going to get away with this. Like, I'm going to tell the news. I'm going to tell the press. Like people are going to find out about this. And at that point, um, the two men are standing in front of the exit and the, the old man is sort of watching as if he's an old mafia boss. And I didn't know exactly the course this movie was going to take, but just for a moment, I saw it in the eyes of the manager that he would be willing to kill this person (laughs) in order to make sure that the word didn't get out so that he would win the uh, world series for his team. He's that convinced of it. So this change is the one where that happens. And uh, I, I'm not happy about it, but it's sort of, it's sort of how they start the, the Atlanta Braves mafia because yes. they, they do abduct her. And then this leads to them winning the world series, which then, because as we, we heard earlier, the, the manager's convinced, he's like, 
I should, I'm so smart. I should run for the mayor of Atlanta. He's, we're now on course. We're watching him as he runs for the mayor of Atlanta. And he's already compromised his morals once, right? Like he's done what it takes to get the job done. He's willing to do it again, but people got dirt on him. He starts having to build up more and more layers. He's starting his empire. He's growing, he's growing. Uh, it's, it's a full on. This, this is basically the Godfather part four. I don't know if they actually have one or not, but um, yeah. So this is, this is a story of how one, uh, manager for the Atlanta Braves became the mafia underlord mayor of uh, Atlanta City. Makes so sense. That is the change that I would make. A great change. I have one. Uh, starts off a little similar to John's where it, it picks up. It's just at that hospital scene, right? Mm-hmm. So the manager has said, if you squint, she looks like anybody, right? Um, so right before they do that, <laughs> they send her into the room. The manager has a second revelation where he goes, if she's, if you squint, she looks like anybody. And they go, if you squint, she looks like anybody. So they give her a Braves uniform and send her out to bat. <laughs> they tell everyone in the, in the stands, they have to squint. They, they shine bright studio lights at them. So they split. No one knows. Uh, that girl actually turns out to be a baseball prodigy <laughs> and she wins them the world series or the pennant or whatever it was. That would be such a better movie. <laughs> I agree. Rachel, Kylan. Already did mine. Oh shoot. Oh yeah, yours is the winner. Yeah, win the world series. Yeah. Of okay. course. Um I didn't know this was part of it. There were a couple things like smaller things I would change because there's that one scene where he's like driving and also like chugging whiskey because he's upset that she left but he Mm. has the dog in the car and I was really concerned for the dog (laughs) and its safety because he's driving drunk so I think they should do something about that the dog drives yeah that would be better (laughs) and there were just a lot of random scenes that I wanted more callbacks to like the dry duck thing Mm. never mentioned again the whole singing in the rain thing where he just like shows up creepily outside her window with a garden hose like I wanted more references to that in the rest of the movie I think that's a very good point because it was very weird that they didn't bring back on any of that stuff mm-hmm. because it's like an extensive it's like those are like pretty extensive scenes like they're not even like quick one-offs like the singing in the rain one that lasts for like two or three minutes um and yeah why they do that uh and they're just they just sort of drop it um because he doesn't really have any sort of like character arc that they build off of it just kind of occurs mm-hmm. yeah so i think those are i think it's a very reasonable set of changes that that could be done In, in sort of the same vein, um, okay, so you are an up-and-coming Hollywood producer. Uh, your agent just got the hands, got their hands on a big, and this is them telling you on the phone, a big Hollywood sports movie. You're like, cool. Am I getting the Airbud franchise? Am I making Moneyball 2? What's happening? Am I making uh, 43? Um, you know, like you're trying to get it figured out and they go, you, you 
they, they, they mail it to you, the manila envelope, unmarked, unlabeled. Uh, the courier drops it off your house. You take your letter opener, you open it up, you pour out the VHS. It's the sluggard's wife. So now you're tasked with making the sequel, The mm-hmm. Slugger's Wife 2, right. Right, pending title. Uh, and you got to make the pitch. You got to make the pitch to the network executives. You got to get this movie made. What movie right. are you trying to make based off the, the widely renowned, successful IP, The Slugger's Wife? So, my idea. It's in the future, you know. Most the sequels manager, are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The manager has went on to greater things, becoming president of America. (laughs) Daryl is now a senator. Because, as you know, sports heroes often do eventually run for politics. So Mm -hmm. he's a senator now. But he's in a a political slump. He's not getting anything passed. And, you know, he's on the same side as the president the manager now so the the manager president goes hmm you can't help me get anything passed i think we've had this issue before he needs debbie so the president puts this large complex thing into into order to get debbie back for him so he can you know whip the senate into shape to get whatever uh, bills passed. It becomes a political movie with baseball terminology. And, you know, he's got to get the wife back. I like it. Beautiful. I have a little something. Um, so we, we go forward a few years, as most sequels do. Um, poor dear Homer is in his last years, right? Finally. Is, you, you know, He's, he's laying down on his dog bed. All his children are gathered around him. Um, and he decides, this is focused on the dog, um, much more important. Uh, he decides with his last moments that he will live up to his name, Homer, and tell his children the tale of his life, right? <laughs> um, so he gathers them all around and he says, Homer is not my real name. <laughs> they go... They, they go, woof, and he says, my real name was King Agamigdog. <laughs> and the title of the film is The Slugger's Dog's Ex-Wife, colon, The Iliad. <laughs> uh, and it's all about how uh, he had to go to war with this ancient nation called Troy because this dog Paris took his wife, his brother's wife. Uh, it's a whole thing. And then he dies at the end. Wild. It's the movie. I feel a little spoiled on it now. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sure the emotional journey will still be there. Yeah. And yeah. I get to watch it for real. You'll lose Homer, the greatest character. Yeah. Rachel, do you have a do you have a sequel pitch? Um, I want a follow up that's like the two other baseball players. Mm-hmm. I don't remember their names. One of them Moose, I think. Two. Yeah. Moose yeah. and Friend. Yeah, them. But at least one of them is gay, and I just wanted them to get together and have like nice little rom com. They can't get the dog. Mm, Debbie needs to leave what's his name for good and just like mm. go make the album. I just want the the decent characters mm-hmm. to like get away from Daryl. Because they, they are pretty wholesome people, yeah. Yeah. Spin off. 
I really, I was gonna say I really liked when when they are they sort of tag along with the manager, and the the woman calls them all out. She's like, "This is terrible! What you're doing, terrible!" And the manager goes, "He's like, do you think I did wrong, boys?" And they both sort of hang their heads and they go, "Yeah." <laughs> and he goes, "Something like, do you do you think I've been a bit of a son of a bitch?" And they go, "Yeah,", yeah. <laughs> which I did think was very. And then funny. he was like, "But." is it still wrong if we end up winning the pennant? And they go, no. Which just makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> you gotta sacrifice yourself for the good of the team, John. Mm, it's so true. Team above all. Yeah. I live in an honor culture. I, I think that would be a fun, uh, a fun reinvention and continuation of the sluggard's wife. Um, so you get away from all that sluggard strife. Um, if I may... I have a sequel and I'm realizing it has some threads similar to a s- sequels I've pitched in the past. No pun intended. Uh, unless. Because, speaking of pitching, uh, there's a scene in this movie. A scene where Daryl, uh, as Rachel's brought up, is drunk driving in his car. Poor Homer in the passenger seat. Um, he makes it to the stadium. He makes it to the, the Braves stadium. Uh, it's midnight. It's past midnight. It's pretty late. Um, like the groundskeeper there, uh, he he very insistently is like, turn on the turn on the stadium lights. And guys, like, dude, I, I'll lose my job. Like, I literally can't do that for you. Is like, it costs a lot of money, which is reasonable. And he goes, but I don't you want me to win the World Series? Um, and so the guy does it eventually, um, and he has the he's forcing this groundskeeper to like. Um, <laughs> to to like load up and pitch the pitching machine at him so he can do batting practice like out on the on the field um at which point the manager and, and a few others show up um daryl's really upset he's just swinging and he basically has this whole sequence where he's swinging forward and he advances on the batting machine uh, or the pitching machine and the, the shooting out it's like shooting at the baseballs for him to 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 bat and eventually he just reaches up and just starts smashing the batting, the, the pitching machine. Do you guys remember this scene? Mm-hmm. Just that he's just wailing on it, that poor pitching machine. It's done nothing to him. And there's really no um, comeuppance for that act. You know, they sort of throw the body of the, the pitching machine aside as if it had no worth. But I propose to you a sequel that maybe take some notes out of the Heartbeeps universe in which our friends, uh, I don't know who exactly, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, Val and Aqua from Heartbeeps. They, you know, they're, they're on a hot streak. They're all about making new robots out of existing things. Wh- whatever the tactic takes, the pitching machine eventually comes to life and it wants revenge. So it's a very slow paced film about uh, our pitching machine protagonist seeking out Daryl to try to finally get comeuppance. Um, Maybe he teams up with a dog because obviously the dog has received a lot of abuse along the way. Maybe they form a support group. Um, But I think sort of a Kill Bill style movie, but it's about a pitching machine trying to track down Daryl, home run record breaker. Uh, I think that could be uh, a lot of fun. I like it. All right. So on that note, obviously we've hit on some parts of the Slugger's Wife that, you know, maybe 
would make it sound that it's not a great movie. But surely there are some things that this movie has done better than any others. So superlatives. Do you guys have any awards that you would give the Slugger's Wife? Something, some, some, some uplifting words along with this, this constructive criticism we're giving them? No. <laughs> Just you won't give them a superlative? I can't think of one. At all? I have, I have a really simple, kind of boring one that I'll just keep as a... As a, a placeholder? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kylan, do you have do you have one that you want to um, hit? Best use of the most beloved team of mine losing in a film. <laughs> That's pretty high praise. Yeah. I mean, my other teams don't have films in which they lose. <laughs> Sad. John, do you have one? I I am I'm also like you spinning. <laughs> uh, I think I have one in mind, but I, I want to give it just a couple extra seconds. I was going to ask Rachel, do you have a superlative that you would give um, something that you, you think stood out about this film? That's a difficult question. It doesn't have to be a serious compliment. I'm going to go with best baseball manager that I can think of right now. Mm. Strong words. I would say probably uh, best destruction of a Kansas diner that is not done by a superpowered alien who is or is fighting Clark Kent slash Superman. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. Uh, mine's in a similar-ish vein. Uh, I'm going to say best use of showcasing privilege to escape any repercussions for <laughs> your behavior in a diner. <laughs> <laughs> Even more so than Pulp Fiction? Even more so than Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Privileged characters in Pulp Fiction, but not quite so as a great white baseball player <laughs> who by all means has many damages to pay for and should spend oh, very much so. Probably more than a few hours in jail. <laughs> Especially since it was not only damage to the diner, but it was sort of threatened towards uh, Debbie. And, and, he punched, and he assaulted that guy. Oh, yeah. he, he also hit that guy. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. He knocked him unconscious. <laughs> I assume because that man hit the floor and did not come back. He's never in the movie. He killed him. He killed him. He saw he was in that hospital. I think it's canonical. Yeah. The pitching machine will avenge that man's death. <laughs> <laughs> the pitching machine. <laughs> All right. Uh, now unless we have anything else to say, I think we should move on to the last part of the show where we answer two simple questions. One, does this deserve a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes? And two, if not, what rating do you think it deserves? So, would anyone like to start? I, when I first watched this, thought this was in the top half of the movies we had watched so far. Um... But the more I think about it and the more we've talked about it, I feel like it's mostly just boring and disappointing. 
and confusing. Um, more so than almost all the movies we watched, I do think this might deserve a zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't give it a zero, but it might be the most deserving of one, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, just what would you give it on like a, a five or a 10 point scale? Uh, on a 10 point sc- scale, I'd probably give it like a one, two, in that range, which Fair. I know I've given other movies before. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. This one's just weird. It's just not good. Mm. That is very fair. Also, this is this is just a minor thought. But uh, do you guys want to do a after we finish the tenth episode? Do you want to do every ten episodes we do a retrospective where we just like do like a brief talk about where we think all the movies line up relative to each other. Yes. We go over our letterbox lists. Oh, I'm realizing yeah. that's something we should do to sort of keep track. Um, but we can talk about that more later. Um, but it just occurred to me. Uh, but speaking, speaking for myself, uh, this is, I think, the first time that I would say this movie did deserve a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, I think it, this is exactly the movie, the kind of movie that I was hoping we would watch when we set out to watch this series because it is the right level of insane um, where this man is an absolute maniac. He relentlessly pursues this woman. He's like constantly portrayed. I don't, I'm not saying the movie endorses everything he does, but for all intents and purposes, he is played as the hero of this movie. Um, Like he has actual agency. He has like desires and dreams. um, And he basically gets what he wants at the end. Maybe Debbie does slightly as well, but like, it's very much his story. Um, And it's played off like that everything he's doing is just sort of like, oh, well, he's sad, which has caused him to drunk drive. It caused him to destroy property. It caused him to assault people. It caused him to throw chairs out of a window. It caused him to stalk someone and and get on a plane and fly across the country to go watch them after they specifically asked that to be followed. Um, It's like it justifies pressuring someone into marriage and just all this stuff. Like it's insane. Um, it, it's insane in the right way. I'm like, that's a, that's a zero percent movie, um, because it's just it's the right level of ridiculous. I think on a ten point scale, I I would probably concur. I'd probably give it like a two and a half or a three. Um, but yeah, that's where I stand. Rachel, um, so it was not a good movie. Very sexist. I regretted spending an hour and forty five <laughs> minutes on that. <laughs> You're welcome. But I would give it like a one or two out of ten, mostly for the dog. It was it a, a good, good dog. dog. Very true. Do you think it deserved a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Which just means that that no critic gave us a positive review. Yes. I'm going to say it is my favorite movie we have watched. Oh wow. I think so. My reasoning, <laughs> I think several of the things you all are touching on might have been, they may not have been, but I could see where they may have been done on purpose to so, sort of so show that he's a bad person. And mm-hmm. just because he's a public figure who is a hero in the city does not mean that as a person he's not, he can still be bad as a person. It doesn't, you know, everyone doesn't see it. Just mm-hmm. sort of showing the uh, behind the scenes thing. Maybe some um, points on how, Maybe in sports culture, sometimes the team is put above the emotional health mm-hmm. of players sometimes. 
and I can see how they may have been trying to show that. Do you, do you to, think they were trying to show that? I don't know if they were trying to, but it's what I saw in it. I mean, so, I could certainly see that too, but I, I felt like I saw it in spite of what they were trying to. Yeah, they may not you. have tried to, but yeah, I do know the writer had done stuff before, so mm-hmm. maybe that was his intention, and the overall filming didn't show it. Mm-hmm. You want to feel like maybe it was like lost in translation, and Neil yeah. Simon had one interpretation of this character, and they're like. He's a bad yeah. guy. And they're like, no, he's a hero. Yeah. So <laughs> he's a baseball player. <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't think it deserves a zero. I think it deserves okay. around a 40%. Okay. Wow. And I'm going to give it a five and a half out of 10. Oh my. I like, it is by I far like my favorite one we have seen. So I'm far. happy that our, uh, our rankings are diverging. I yeah. do appreciate that. Yeah. Because and I will, will say I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's definitely the one I've enjoyed the most just because, mm. I mean, I'm also, I like baseball and 80s music. Yeah. A lot of the movie is baseball and 80s music. Mm-hmm. So I might be their target audience. <laughs> Did you like it? So you liked it more than The Thing with Two Heads? Which yes. I know you had held as yeah. high standard. Thing with Two Heads is my second favorite now. Mm-hmm. And I think my least favorite so far is Heartbeats. Mm. Which I know we diverge on that one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very so. fair. I am excited to compare our list. I am too, episode. yeah. What are we watching next week? Well, let me look. Because I had forgot to look earlier. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing next week. Pull up that spreadsheet. I looked at it, but I forgot. I think it's another uh, sports movie. <laughs> I think that's also true. Uh, I think it's the last sports movie we watched. At least I for a while. into that Police Academy Jaws. We're close. We're close. American Anthem. <laughs> what uh, kind of sport is that? Do we know? I'm looking it up. I think it's gymnastics. <laughs> yeah, not. <gasps> yeah, it is gymnastics. Ooh, oh, we Emily. should get Emily on yes. for for the. She'll bring the. What is the gym internet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's the uh, real quick synopsis on when I Google it: a talented yet jaded gymnast meets a new girl at his old gym. And they gradually begin to fall in love as they train hard for the nationals. <laughs> Amazing. But Eli, after that movie, we go into the beautiful streak of Jaws the Revenge, Garbage Pail Kids, Police Academy 4, Mac and Me, Police Academy 5, Dream of a Dream, Police Academy 6. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. We're one away from the streak, baby. Hey, are we? Oh, go I'm ahead. sorry. I was just going to say, didn't we want to have Michael Sobiak on for Jaws? Yes. I think he would be the perfect okay. Jaws representative. Is Jaws the Revenge, is that the fourth Jaws movie? The fourth Jaws, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was going to ask if you were going to see I, the- I, I intend to be the, the, the Jaws ambassador on that okay. one. I've already yeah. seen two and three, I think. I've yeah. seen all of them. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, so, I, I, wanted, I want to be caught up anyways, because I'm interested yeah. to see them. Yeah. Um, yeah. One and two are the only ones worth anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two, is three the one that's well, an aquarium? Wanna, I don't want Is three the aquarium one, Eli? Three is at like a... It's not quite an aquarium. It's like SeaWorld. It's like SeaWorld slash an aquarium yeah. slash... It also like is open to the ocean or something. It's yes. really weird. Two is kind of just a repeat of one, but yeah. whatever. But then we get to watch the revenge. The revenge. I honestly think three is worse than four, but that's just me. 
we'll, we'll get more into yeah. it. Yeah, we'll yeah, break it down. Uh, so before that one, because after the next ones, when we do our, our rankings, then we get to start with that clean yeah. slate of 10. I'm very excited for that. that Wait, stuff. so are we, we going to try and do uh, groups of 10 just as we go, or do we want to... I think we could rank... We, obviously, I think our letterbox lists will be all of the movies we've seen. Yeah. yeah. And we get to say where we rank the nearest 10 okay. for the most recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can also discuss that more when we get to 20. Yeah. Um, and figure out what we want to do. But just for now, I think a retrospective would be be interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we will see you all, I believe, next week for uh, American Anthem. Uh, also, happy 420, guys. Uh, nice. We did Woo! it. Uh, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, it's Rachel. been a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. We'll have to get you back soon. It's been a pleasure. Um, Rachel, is there anything you want to plug or shout out with this coveted this coveted slot? Um, not that I can think of. Okay. Wow. Sorry. I'm no, you're good. You're good. This this valuable opportunity. I just but... you know it's a brand it's a brand endorsement and so it's a whole thing. It's worth a lot of money. Somebody would pay for this. Yeah. So we just wanted to give the opportunity if you had something you're passionate about, like your new book is coming out or you're going on tour or, you know any of that stuff but uh yeah all right that should that should do it it's been fun guys we'll see you all soon and 